the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas without any data to back that up. Bringing you the latest in all sports news from KCAC to AAC to the NBA to the NFL to the NCAA. You get all of that right here on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. your host and conductor Anthony Smith. If I don't sound my chipper self, it's because I'm somewhat from the weather. But we're going to try to make it through the best we can. Yes, we'll have the full court split. Oh my goodness. We get this right. We will have the full court press, my new segment. That's good basketball scores across the state of Kansas and all classifications. Just don't forget the football blitz for football season. But I'm going to open up the show a little bit differently. Anybody remember the nine-year-old kid who wore the face paint to the Kansas City Chiefs game and people decide to label this kid as a racist? Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to play this news report. You're going to find out some very interesting things. Let me just put it to you this way. One of the guys that was labeling him, Dan Lebertard. Y'all remember that very controversial sports figure on radio who's been kicked off some radio programming and picked up by others and you never know which way. He wore the same face paint about a year ago and looked like a cheap rip-off version of the wrestling character Kane. That's all I have to say about that scumbag. Anyway, here is this story, and you're going to get the most of it in its entirety. Nine-year-old in America, a young Kansas City Chiefs fan, dressed up for a game against the Raiders. All he did was everything that diehard fans do. He painted his face, threw on the headgear, and went to the stadium with his family. No different than what you see every weekend in Arrowhead and Vegas and Pittsburgh. But male Karen at Deadspin only showed half his face, the black half, and accused the nine-year-old of wearing blackface. Quote, he found a way to hate black people and Native Americans at the same time. And the media piled on. The kid is still in full racist garb. The only part of him that's not intentionally kind of racist is the black part. The rest is team colors, and he's going for just being a fan. But the racism is already in there, just not the kind that the right is picking up and flogging deadspin with over a five-year-old kid. Like, the stupidity of this is remarkable. It feels like we're in the Vegas residency phase of, like, uh, you know, racism. And that guy, Dan Lebitard, who accused the nine-year-old of racism, wore the exact same face paint on his face last year. There he is. That's how ridiculous this story is. And the blackface hoax gets even more ridiculous the more we learn. Here's the nine-year-old Chiefs fan posing with the Raiders cheerleaders. Do any of them look like they think he's racist? I only see smiling faces. And when the young fans started a tomahawk chop, the Chiefs players joined in. I'm just having such a hard time keeping track of all this racism. But it gets even more ridiculous. The mother of the young fan is saying her son is Native American. It turns out Holden Armenta, the nine-year-old getting slandered, has Native American blood. His family lineage, the Chumash tribe. They hail from California, an ancient people with a rich history on the Pacific coast. 
Holden and his family used to live on the Chumash Reservation. So if anyone's entitled to paint their face and wear a headdress to a Chiefs game, it's Holden. Here's Holden at the Super Bowl last year. Holden can wear whatever he wants. And Americans can wear whatever we want. We agree, and Kansas City agrees too. It's why the Chiefs fans are planning to wear black and red face paint to the next game to show support for Holden, who's not only a proud Kansas City Chiefs fan, he's a proud Chumash Indian. Let's bring in Holden Armenta and his father, Bubba. So, Bubba, what was going through your mind the second you found out your son had been targeted like this? Um, it's, it's been a lot. It's been a pretty crazy couple of days. Um, I was mad, upset, upset for him, um, mad that he's upset. He's, um, he's pretty devastated. I mean, he's seen the videos and everything posted. He's excited. He's all over. It was his dream to get on the Jumbotron. And I've had family and friends call and, oh, we saw you on, on uh, Sunday Night Football. So he's excited. But then everything else came up, and it's uh, been a little bit of a spiral. Holden, how are you feeling right now? Um, it's okay because a lot of kids at school are getting excited, but it's starting to get me a little nervous because – if they go a little bit overboard, it's a little scary. I bet it's scary. It can be a very overwhelming experience. How has the community been in terms of support? Um, okay. So far. Good. And you're a football guy, right? Don't you have practice in a few yeah. minutes? Yeah. yeah. We're getting ready to head out the door for all-star practice. What position do you play? Wide receiver and free safety. That's amazing. And how big of a Chiefs fan are you? Really big. And what does it mean? Because we went to the Raiders Chiefs game last year, too. Nice. And what does it mean now that you're feeling all this love from Chiefs Nation? Everyone's going to be wearing red and black on their faces next Sunday. Really good. So, Bubba, he, he, you're... He asked me 10 minutes... He asked me 10 minutes ago if he can paint his face before we go live. <laughs> I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He's a, he's a great patriot, he's a great American, and he's a great fan, and everybody loves Holden. But it, Karen over at Deadspin doesn't. Bubba, would you like an apology? What would you like from Karen at Deadspin? You know, I, I don't even want, know what to think about that. It's kind of, it's a little too late for that. Um, the damage is already done. It's, you know, worldwide. Now there's comments all over. There's, you know, disrespect towards Native Americans and towards my family. Um, we never in any way, shape, or form meant to disrespect any Native Americans or any tribes. Um, the tribe we're from doesn't even wear that type of headdress. Um, we... It, this specific headdress is is a, a novelty piece. It's a it's a costume piece. That's a exactly what we had purchased it for and and wore it for. Not in any disrespect towards any Native Americans at all. And um, it's just it's been a whirlwind of of comments coming either even from from other tribes from tribal members. Um, some think it's okay. Some think it's not okay. Um, it's a nine-year-old boy supporting his team. And you're going to be wearing the black and the red in, I guess, every Sunday for as long as you're alive, I bet, Holden. Yep. Forever, huh? Who's your favorite player on the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes. Uh, my Eagles beat your Chiefs a couple weeks back. Um, I yeah. mean, you, you guys did beat us in the Super Bowl, but I think we're going to see you again in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That'll be good, huh? Now, if, we, if, we, if we're back in the Super Bowl together, the Eagles and the Chiefs, you want to have a little bet, Holden? Yeah. All right, we'll do, we'll do a bet. 
And uh, if the Chiefs win, you're going to get something very special. And if the Eagles win, we'll figure that out. How's that sound? Yeah. All right. Can I get a chop? There you go. Holden Bubba, we love you guys. Good luck at practice. Good luck for the rest of the season until the Super Bowl. How's that? Thank, thank you, thank Jesse. You. We really appreciate the opportunity tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was just something that I had to play. I mean, it's a nine-year-old kid. Innocent nine-year-old kid. And this is what we do in this country that we call America. I would say to dead spin, you need to check your personnel. I would, what's her name? Karen at dead spin. I believe that's her name. The one that got this whole firestorm to really picking up steam. I even hate to use that reference because that's what I use in reference to the number one podcast in the state of Kansas where I always build up ahead of steam. So she's the one that got this wildfire started. And others have picked up on it and have run wild with it. But it just goes to show the lack of maturity of people that are writing articles, getting aroused out of it. And those who follow suit and agree with this idiocy. This is a nine-year-old kid we're talking about. And I know I used that before, Matt, but, you know, this is something that I felt was important to get out. You know, because we're still having issues over team nicknames. I'm pretty sure after this one here, there's going to be a group of people, and it's usually that 2%, not the majority, but the 2% that makes the most noise. And it's, it's a wonder how 2% can have such a big, powerful influence. I heard it said like this. Ten people can convince 300 people that a lie is the truth, but those same 300 people can't convince those ten people that the truth is the truth or something to that effect. It's amazing how we can let 2% sway our way of thinking. Well, this is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I do need to take a break. But when I come back, I promise you I will get this full court press up and going because it is basketball season. And I promise you that it's going to be a journey. Stay in your seats. Don't go nowhere. We'll be back. Full court press. Gotta give these young people some love, just like we did during the football season. You're gonna get the girls and the guys scores. So stay on board the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Chip, crack, or completely broken, does your vehicle need the glass man? Hey, glass man. Whether it's from recent hailstorms, a rock from the road, vandalism, whatever has you looking through a chip or crack, call the glass man. Hey, glass man. The glass man will fix your vehicle's glass the right way with certified technicians that will make sure your replacement glass is calibrated with all its original safety features. Hey, glass man. Bring your vehicle to the glass man just west of West Street on Central or get it fixed by their mobile unit. 316-669-GLASS or at heyglassman.com And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the 
Hey Train Sports Talk Podcast. The number one podcast about the state of Kansas bringing you scores, highlights, showing love to our high school editors throughout the state of Kansas from the gridiron to the hardwood floor. That is basketball. I welcome you now into the Full Court Press, right here, exclusively on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Yes, we have highlights, so let's get started. Jump into these highlights first on the docket, the top-ranked team in 6A, Wichita Heights, on the road against Wichita Northwest. And we begin with future Wichita State shocker T.J. Williams taking this one into the paint off the run, getting a tough layup to fall. Northwest, though, they did keep it close early. Got to give them some credit. Here's Tayshawn Williams, talented point guard for them, hitting the floater over the defense. Grizzlies again on offense. This time they're going to go inside to a cutting Jerome Henderson. He would finish and get the foul. One more time from Heights, though. Show you TJ Williams all night long. Isolation above the three. He drives in, then detonates on the rim for the slam. Heights cruises to the victory 77-36 to begin their season with a bang. Next up, the Andover Trojans playing the campus Colts. Jacob Weber handling the ball. He's going to hit the jumper there. Andover High, they were looking for an answer. It's going to be Josh Kim. You're going to see him drive in with the left hand, take it up, and he's going to add two for the Trojans. Now Andover High again. This time Griffin hands it to Quincy Bradford. He's going to be open, puts up the three ball from deep, rattles that one in. Colts, they end up getting the ball back. Kason Thomas drives in, gets a tough layup to fall, and then later he's going to get the ball to his teammate Landon Brown. And watch him from three. Splash, huge can that one, and the Colts come out with the upset win, a first for head coach Zach Clywer. Over at Bishop Carroll, the Golden Eagles took on the Buffaloes. Jonathan Hauserman lands the jumper. Carroll off to a great start, 10-0 early in this one. Buffaloes looking for some more points. Preston Din passes it to Anthony Granger, and he's splashing the, in the bucket, and Southeast is within six. Now Hauserman again drives in, passes it off, getting the hands of Michael Brand. He'll be able to splash that one in to end the quarter. Now it's going to be Den moving, and he takes the ball down the court, finds Granger in the paint. He'll hammer in the dunk, and the Buffaloes come out with the one-point win. Another upset this one over Carroll. And we also saw their girls game tonight. Buffaloes' Alana Webb with the ball. She's going to hit the nice little step-back jumper fadeaway to add three to the board. Buffs again. Leela Jones, she's going to lose it. Golden Eagles' Lily Martin sends it the other way, and it will eventually get to Leah Hinkey, who will then nail the layup. Carroll has the lead. Carroll, again, some back and forth between Hinkey and Martin here. Hinkey ends up keeping it. She's going to drain the jumper this time around. It's going to be a six-point game, 23 seconds after Southeast Webb swishes home a three-ball here. This game was so close throughout, but Carroll, they come out with the victory, 57 So yeah, Bishop Carroll women win that game 59 to 47. So what I'm going to do now is I am going to pull up the scores because we have a slew of scores to give you. That's why we call it the Full Court Press. So we're getting ready to go to our scoreboard here. So just bear with us. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of scores to give you. Whereas in football, it was a little bit just run straight down to 6A then going to 5A, but Basketball is a little bit different, and this is actually my first year doing it. So what I'm going to do is, first I'm going to give you the boys. This is week one. And 
case of this is, even though it says 6A, there will be some 5A schools playing 6A schools, like here in the GWAR, the Greater Wichita Athletic League or City League, whatever you want to call it. For instance, Capen knocked off North by the score of 66-23. Ouch. McPherson 64, Dodge City 37. Liberal 84, Ulysses 54. Wichita South in a slow in a low scoring affair knocks off Wichita West by the score of 47 to 38. Campus gets the win over Andover by the score of 71 to 61. Wichita Heights, as you heard earlier in the highlights, knocks off Wichita Northwest 77-36. Looking at 5A, Hayes cruises past PMP by the score of 59. 26. May South cruises past Andover Central, 75 to 60. Mays cruises past Salina Central by the score of 67 to 48. Wichita Southeast gets the upset victory in a one-point thriller over Bishop Carroll by the score of 59 to 58. Goddard Eisenhower squeaks past Salina South by the score of 49 to 46. Arkansas City gets past Rose Hill 52 to 41. Junction City squeaks past Great Bend 66 to 63. Now in 4A, Eagleton, and this would definitely have to be considered a upset if I'm looking at this score right Hugleton 54 Sunrise Christian 52 <laughs> Pratt 56 Larnett 37 Independent 67 Eureka 17 Garter 67 Augusta 48 Bueller 60 Nickerson 39, Circle 77, Kingman 59, Mulvane 45, Wellington 30, no score on Smoky Valley against Abilene. Now in 3A, Scott City 50, Poisonton 38, Garden Plain 48, Wichita Trinity 37, Burlington, 73, Houghton, 48, no score on Concordia against Beloit. Cheney knocks off Clearwater by the score of 64-50, so it looks like not only are they hoisting up state championships in football, but it looks like they're going to have a pretty good basketball team. No score on Simran Holcomb. Heston, 49, Southeast of Saline, 32. No score for Lions versus Ellsworth. And no score on Wallace County. Lakin, however. Norton Community, 55. Hoaxie, 40. Phillipsburg, 67. Oakley, 47. Southwestern Heights and Pratt Skyline, no score. Remington cruises past Blue Stem by the score of 89-39. Now in 2A, Independent 58, Kiowa County 51, Haven 69, Clutch Trinity 37, Goodland, and Syracuse no score, Halstead 77, Cedric 57, Remington 59, Blue Stem 39, Mound Ridge cruises past Elyra Christian, 65-41. Sterling, 48. Hillsborough, 43. Marion, 59. Valso, 30. Now we move into 1A. Deerfield, 49. Rolla, 41. Deer Creek, Lamont. That's a school out of Oklahoma, I do believe. Gets past Cedarville Dexter by the score of 45 to 43. O 
Otis Bison cruises past Natoma 66-13. No score on Wakefield versus Century. Southern Cloud 57, Stockton 36. Lebo 55, Flint Hills 39. No score on Canton Galva versus RV. Likewise, Elkhart versus Wichita County. And no score on Marine Academy versus Central Plain. Lakeside 53, Tescott 48. No score for the following. Southbury versus Ashland. Conway Springs versus Medicine Lodge. Logan Palco, Wheaton, and Grinnell. No score on those three games. However, we do have Weskin, 76. Golden Plains, 52. No score for Fairfield versus Oxford. No score on Central Academy. Peabody Burns. Also, no score on Chase versus Western Plains. However, we do have South Central, 67. Pawnee Heights, 22. No score for Pretty Prairie, Argonia. Likewise, no score for Bird City, Chelan versus Northern Valley. Nor Sylvan Lucas versus Bennington. Of course, we already mentioned no score for Pratt Skyline, Southwestern Heights. However, we do have Classical School, 55, Central Christian, 47. And over 74, Thayer Central, Nebraska, 63. Quinter, 48, Victoria, 44, Cunningham, 80, Mineola, 65. And if I'm correct, I believe that will do it for the boys' score, I do believe. Just run that back through to make sure I haven't missed anybody. Right, I have a lot of games with no scores, so I'm not going to go through all that. I do have Mead 66, Buckland 42, South Central 67, Pawnee Heights 22, Maxville 82, Nest City 63. And yes, that's going to do for all the scores that I have. And that was the boys' side. So those are all your scores from 6A all the way down to 1A. And what I'm going to do right here is I am going to take another break. And when I come back, I will have scores from the girls' game. So that's why this is called Full Court Press because you're getting... All the scores, boys, girls alike. And if time will permit, I will also take a look into Wichita State versus Missouri. Get you set up for that game as well, too. A pivotal matchup, not just for one team, but for both teams. All right here on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Now you can pick me up on Amazon. So just want to share that with you. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P Seed and Babe, is fully stocked for all your pet needs. We carry Victor, Bully Max, Diamond Value Pack, and many more brands. In addition, we carry collars, chains, and any pet supplies you may need, including grooming supplies and dog shots. Make sure to like us on social media. Chip, crack, or completely broken? Does your vehicle need the glass man? Hey, glass man. Whether it's from recent hailstorms, a rock from the road, vandalism, whatever has you looking through a chip or crack, call the Glassman. Hey, Glassman. The Glassman will fix your vehicle's glass the right way with certified technicians that will make sure your replacement glass is calibrated with all its original safety features. Hey, Glassman. 
Bring your vehicle to the Glassman just west of West Street on Central or get it fixed by their mobile unit, 316-669-GLASS or at heyglassman.com. You're listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Here we go. 
South Central, 36. Kearney Heights, 32. Maxville, 40. Nest City, 32. Quinter, 60. Victoria, 27. Burr City, Shalen, 50. Norton Valley, 46. Golden Plains, 62. Weston, 22. Hanover, 60. Thayer Central, Nebraska, 38. South Barber, 38. Caldwell, 32. Mineola, 61. Cunningham, 38. Canton Gower, 50. RV, 27. Across, 58. Ellenwood, 26. And that will do it for all the scores in the girls' game from the scores that I have from 6A all the way down to 1A. Anyway, there's a big game that is coming up. I'm pretty sure it has everybody's attention, at least between here and the state of Missouri. That game is with Wichita State versus Missouri. And what we have here is pretty much an article from SB Nation, a preview of the Shockers battle with the Missouri Tigers. Dennis Gate, head coach, second season. And basically what this here article pretty much is, is a pretty much a, basically a look inside coach's brain as he prepares for Wichita State. And what we're going to look at is some of the keys to this Wichita State Missouri matchup as I effort pulling up some of the keys to that because I know Wichita State fans is, are ramped up just for this game coming up between Missouri and them What we do need to know that Missouri has had some pretty decent wins. They went into, I can't remember what conference Pittsburgh is in now, but they went on their home court, beat them on their home court. But then they also turn around and lose to Jackson State. It's kind of like what Wichita State did last year in losing to a HBCU school on their home court. But I found an interesting article because there's a connection between Wichita State and Missouri. And that connection is one Ronnie DeGray, the third who transferred from Missouri to Wichita State. Anyway, there's an article a headline that says, Leave Ronnie Alone. Mizzou basketball coach Dennis Gate asked Antlers for a favor, as if they're really going to listen. Antlers, Dennis Gates, has a favor to ask. Leave Ronnie DeGray the third alone. DeGray, a two-year member of Missouri men's basketball two-year Missouri men's basketball forward who transferred to Wichita State in the offseason will return to Mizzou Arena on Sunday for the Shockers game against the Tigers, the second leg of a home-and-home. Home. The forward who helped Missouri to the NCAA tournament 
tournament last March isn't likely to play. His waiver request to the NCAA hasn't been approved. Moving to Wichita State was second transfer of the Gray's career, and current rules permit just one transfer per athlete. But he'll likely be with the team. And Gates, the second-year Mizzou coach, has a request for the Tigers' preeminent, often boisterous, student fan club. Antlers, if you're listening to me, leave Ronnie DeGray alone, Gates said. He's one of us. He's one of us. He's one of us. He was part of our NCAA tournament team, and I'll give him a big hug when I see him. Antlers, a longtime Missouri student fan group who sit front and center in the student section at Mizzou Arena game in, game out, typically come equipped with homemade signs and not for day and not for daytime TV hecklers arrow at visiting teams. Former Tiger and current Arkansas Razorback forward Trevor Brazil likely can attest. So Gates getting ahead of the curve. The Gray played in 50 games, starting 12 times for Missouri over two seasons. After transferring in from UMass, he averaged 6.2 points and 3.6 rebounds per game. He played 17 times in 2023 campaign. Gates first at MU before a knee injury hampered his back half of the season and caused him to miss Missouri's March Madness trip. A little more than a week after San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich grabbed an arena microphone and asked fans to stop booing former player Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard during the second quarter of the game, Gates wasn't waiting for first tip. I'm not aware or sure of what's going on with any NCAA situation, but I wish all my guys love, Gates said. Ronnie DeGray is a part of an NCAA tournament team here at Mizzou, and I just want our fans to understand that. And there should be no booing, there should be no negative words said to Ronnie DeGray at all. On that, I would have to say, that's a class act on the behalf of the coach. Take that route. And I know that Missouri and Wichita State aren't really rivals with each other, but Fans do have a way of spotting a former player where he's in uniform or just sitting on the bench and make him the target of a lot of ridicule. So, that being said, I would definitely have to say hats off and Coach Gates definitely deserve a round of applause for that act of sportsmanship. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back and give you a breakdown of Wichita State versus Missouri as to what both teams need to do to come out with victories. All right here on A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. So don't you go nowhere. Be right back with some more good content. Buckle up, enjoy the ride. Chip, crack, or completely broken, does your vehicle need the glass man? Hey, glass man. Whether it's from recent hailstorms, a rock from the road, vandalism, whatever has you looking through a chip or crack, call the glass man. Hey, glass man. The glass man will fix your vehicle's glass the right way with certified technicians that will make sure your replacement glass is calibrated with all its original safety features. Hey, glass man. Bring your vehicle to the glass man just west of West Street on Central or get it fixed by their mobile unit. 316-669-GLASS or at heyglassman.com You're listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride.
welcome back to A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Told you I was going to get some Wichita basketball as they prepare to take on Missouri. And there are some keys to days to Sunday's game. Wichita State and Missouri fair off against each other. Looking at this pretty much from a both the Missouri and Wichita State side. As they say, the only constant is change. Both on Sunday afternoon, Mizzou will resume what has become an annual rite of passage and bellwether contest in recent years. Tigers will face Wichita State for the fourth consecutive season in an extended home-and-home series. The first three games have all been won by the visiting squad. The two Mizzou wins in the Sunflower State portended an invitation to the NCAA's annual March event. The one loss, well, that season certainly did not qualify. As they say the only constant is change. Both Mizzou and Wichita State exemplify this. We all know that Dennis Gates took over Proconzo Martin mid-series. Wichita State has now done the same. Isaac Brown, who took over in 2020 after the fallout from the Greg Marshall fiasco, was relieved of his duties last spring. In comes Paul Mills, a disciple of the Scott Drew family, you may recognize him from his greatest hits at Oral Roberts, notably seeing the Golden Eagles lose to the Sweet 16 in 2021. You may also recognize him as Connor Vanover's former coach and had incoming shocker Ryan DeGray III been granted eligibility, a really fun storyline to follow. Mills has his team off to a 7-1 start with notable wins over St. Louis University and Richmond. His long blemish is owed to an always tough Liberty team in Conway, South Carolina. Mills managed to hold on to Xavier Bell, Kenny Poto, Isaac Abidi, and Quincy Ballard from the 2023 squad. He hit the portal and added Kobe Rogers from Siena. Carlin Beverly from Miami, Florida, and Dayton Original from Georgia. Let me also add, he was able to keep Kobe Rogers. He didn't recruit him. He was recruited by the last coaching regime. He just happened to be a holdover from that regime, along with the likes of Ballard, Isaac Beatty, and Kenny Poto. So I just wanted to clarify that. And it's so often the case with first year coaches. Those seven players represent the entirety of his team that has averaged five minutes per game or more. We won't spend much time detailing Mizzou's season here. If you're interested enough in reading the nitty-gritty, I presume you're up to date. But this matchup is an important one for the Mizzou program. After a tough loss to Memphis, Mizzou went out on the road and defeated Minnesota in a wild comeback. They parlayed that momentum into a lasting scar, dropping their subsequent game to Jackson State. Mizzou once again returns from the road to establish forward momentum for a difficult December. And with that, let's get to the keys. First, Missouri has to win the paint. Mizzou has been a bit inconsistent here this season. So take note, Wichita State. They've been very consistent in the paint. That's a point of emphasis where you have an advantage. If you can get Kenny Poto and Quincy Ballard going, you may be able to get Missouri in a little bit of foul trouble. Facing his toughest interior task of the season, Mizzou performed exceptionally well in Pittsburgh, facing a team that had length for days and complemented that with elite rebounding and two-point shooting figures on both hands. Mizzou took the game to the Panthers. Mizzou won the rim battle, shooting 14 of 23 and allowing a 5 of 14 effort. 
Tigers won the offensive rebounding battle, 31.4%, 26.5% per and on hand track stats. Mizzou had paint touches on 58% of possessions and fashion 1.237 points per possession on those trips. They didn't back down and they were rewarded handsomely. A similar challenge awaits. Offensively, Mills and Sharkers want to get to the bat bucket. They do this in all manner of ways. Nearly 41% of their shot attempts come at the rim, and they finish at an elite 1.27 points per shot rate. Comparatively, only 41.6% of their shots come from jumpers, which rates among the nation's lowest. And that makes sense, as they're converting at a below average of 0.93 points per if I can get this right or PPS so here's the breakdown WSU rim offense 40.4% usage 1.27 PPS Mizzou rim defense is 37.7% usage 1.11 PPS WSU, WSU jumper offense, 41.6% usage, 0.93 PPS. Missouri jump defense, jumper defense, 50.4% usage, 0.85 PPS. Wichita State's preferred method of attacking the paint or via the ball handler on ball screens, off-ball cuts, and traditional post-ups, Bell, Rogers, and Beverly the primary pick and roll weapon. Bell and Beverly are more geared to get downhill and pressure defenses. Rogers is a mix. He utilizes a pull-up skill. The entire team gets into the action on cuts, the most effective of which are the bigs. Poto and Ballard on live attempts for their back-to-the-basket efforts look primarily for Poto to be featured. WSU PNR ball handler offense, 17.8% usage, 0.966 PPP. Missouri PNR ball handler defense, 10.3% usage, 0.800 PPP. WSU cut offense, 7.8% usage, 1.519, I believe that's points per, we'll just go with PPP. Mizzou cut defense, 8.3% usage, 1.019 PPP. WSU post-up office, 10.5% usage, 0.800 PPP. Mizzou post-up defense, 4.1% usage, 0.846 PPP. On the other side of the ball, Mizzou has similar goals offensively, but they go about it a little differently. Wichita, they do feature a pretty heavy share of pick and roll activity. They also like to free teammates for easy baskets with off-ball action. Unlike Wichita, Mizzou is perfectly fine spraying the ball after establishing a paint touch for a spot-up opportunity from outside. As such, their shot profile is quite a bit different. And we're going to take a look at that. Missouri's PNR ball handler offense is 14.4% usage, 1.000 PPP. WSU PNR ball handler defense, 14.1% usage, 0.806 PPP. Mizzou cut offense, 8.5% usage, 1.288 PPP. WSU cut defense, 7.6% usage, 1.28 PPP. Mizzou spot up offense, 25.5% usage, 1.013 PPP. WSU spot up defense, 28.5% usage, 0.681 PPP. 
These numbers indicate that Wichita State has struggled a little bit containing the primary on-ball screens action. Screen actions. Mizzou has excelled in this area. Somewhat surprisingly, Sean East II has been dynamic with his newly featured three-point game. Nick Honor has struggled a bit, but still features a patented pull-up with defenders don't play it. With defenders don't play it right. Both will be vital factors on Sunday. Additionally, Mizzou's off-ball threats will have to be active. Tamar Bates, Caleb Grill, and company cannot afford to set up camp. Wichita has been excellent covering spot-up chances. However, they've leaked oil a bit on aggressive shooter, shooter defense, allowing opponents quality chances. When they move, Mizzou must require WSU to make a choice on how to defend punish them no matter their choice. Control the game flow. The game flow. Yep. Wichita and Missouri offers something in an interesting contrast. As the numbers as the numbers reflect, both teams want to play a little fast, but they go about it in different ways. The Tigers have punted in transition, but have also been fine playing into late clock, last four seconds of shot clock situations. Conversely, Wichita State doesn't play in the open court, but rarely uses the entire clock, preferring to hunt early offense looks. So Missouri's transition offense is 22.1% usage, 0.985. Wichita transition offense is 12.7% usage, 0.824. Missouri late clock offense, 12.2% usage, 0.793 PPP. Wichita State late clock offense, 3.3% usage, 0.737 PPP. Although it hasn't been seen much this year, or at least to the extent of a year ago, turnovers could play a large role in this game. Wichita State plays a decidedly, plays a decidedly half-court defensive game Every single possession thus far has been man-to-man. Covering shooters and turning away rim chances is their vice. And turnovers created is the opportunity cost. Is the opportunity cost. Mizzou, as we all know, wants to turn opponents over. If they can do it via live ball steals and boost pace via open court offense, even better. What type of game Sunday turns out to be? in this regard could play a significant role in the outcome. Mizzou offensive turnover rate is 17.1% PPP. WSU defensive turnover rate 12.3%. Mizzou defensive turnover rate 20.6%. WSU offensive turnover rate 15.3%. Both teams pride themselves on protecting the ball, but only Mizzou really focuses on terminating possessions defensively via takeaways. This is further seen in their defensive steal rate. Mizzou defensive steal rate, 12.9%. WSU defensive steal rate is 6.9%. So what do you have to do? You have to give yourself the best chance to win. This may sound silly, and to some extent it is. However, Mizzou's lineup usage has been the thing of much conversation lately. We're not going to rehash what's transpired up to this point, as the coaching staff has seemingly used some home by games to tinker and use road games, especially Pittsburgh, to exploit. Post game will feature a lineup usage analysis to see which path was chosen. So there you have the tell the tape between Wichita State and Missouri keys from both teams, what they like, what they don't like, and what they must do to exploit the other team's weakness. Well, with that being said, I'm about to bring this train into the station. Shut the engines down. But I hope you have enjoyed the ride as we looked at the little nine-year-old boy that was 
smeared by media personality. Shame on them. We got our feet wet with the full court press, high school scores, and some highlights for boys and girls across the state of Kansas. And we ended on Wichita State. Go Shockers. Till the next time. Take care of yourself and each other. This has been another podcast production of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. I'm out.